I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Samuel chapters 22 and 23, and then Psalm 57. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. 2 Samuel chapter 23 is David writing a song. David begins with citing his relationship with Jehovah, verse 1. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength and whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies." Then David recounts God's deliverance, beginning in verse 5. When the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of heaven quaked and were shaken, because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Then David explains why God delivered him, beginning in verse 21. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyes. With the merciful you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man you will show yourself blameless. With the pure you will show yourself pure, and with the devious you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty, that you may bring them down." For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall lighten my darkness, for by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. 
Then David writes more about the victory, beginning in verse 32. For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer, and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. And I have destroyed them and wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They looked, but there was none to save. Even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trod them like dirt in the streets, and I spread them out. You have also delivered me from the strivings of my people. You have kept me as the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. The foreigners submit to me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation." It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Then we see in verse 50 and 51 that David's praise goes to God. Verse 50. Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. He is the tower of salvation to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. Well, this song is so good, we actually get it twice here and again in Psalm 18. It's a song of deliverance, and David doesn't pull any punches here. After the deaths of Saul and Absalom, along with everyone in between, David has ample precedent to make the bold statements about God's provision in this psalm. And why does David feel God is on his side? Well, look at 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 24 and 25. He says, I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyes. David felt it was because of his cleanness before God that God had delivered him from his enemies. It's kind of amusing to me how politically incorrect even in fundamental Christian circles, David's proclamations in this psalm really are. Consider the wrath that would be incurred from fellow believers were one to make statements like these regarding those who have wronged them in today's society. Now, regarding David's fellowship and position before God, look at these verses. Verse 18, he says, He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Then in verse 20, down through verse 25, let's read those verses again. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Verse 21, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. Verse 22 says, For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. Verse 23, For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. Verse 24, I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. 
And finally, verse 25, Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyes. Now let's look at David with regard to the treatment of his enemies, what he has to say about that. Verse 38, I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them, neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. Verse 39 says, And I have destroyed them and wounded them, so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. Verse 41 says, You have also given me the necks of my enemies, so that I destroyed those who hated me. Verse 43 says, Then I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trod them like dirt in the streets, and I spread them out. And finally, verse 48, It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. So let me ask you this question. Where is David's modesty here? Who of us hasn't thought like David in this psalm when the world seemed to be closing in on us? Keep in mind, included in David's enemies here are two people that he loved dearly, Saul and Absalom. Who of David's contemporaries would have ever dreamed that David would one day die of old age instead of being in battle when he died? What are the chances? Yet God did indeed deliver David, and David knew it. Moreover, he openly here expresses that it was God who had favor upon him. This is a great example of a godly man's confidence in his position before God. In 2 Samuel 23, David has some last words. Verse 1, Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse. Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me, He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, Yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. Will he not make it increase? But the sons of rebellion shall all be as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man who touches them must be armed with iron and the shaft of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in their place." Well, verse 1 here says, now these are the last words of David. David attests to verbal inspiration in verse 2 when he says, The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. Notice David's declaration in verse 5 regarding God's covenant with him. He says, He has made with me an everlasting covenant. That's the covenant, by the way, of Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 16, and it's unconditional in addition to being eternal in scope. This is the same covenant under which Jesus came as the promised Messiah. If you'd like more information regarding that, look at my article under the topic section of BibleTrack.org entitled The Davidic Covenant. Beginning in verse 8, David names the top 37 men of battle that he has known. That's verses 8 through 39, verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Joshua Bathshebeth, the Tachmanite, chief among the captains, he was called Adonon, the Esnite, because he had killed 800 men at one time. 
After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahahite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defiled the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite, the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, so the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Then three of the thirty men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam, and the troop of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. Now Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was chief of another three. He lifted his spear against three hundred men, killed them, and won a name among these three. Was he not the most honored of three? Therefore he became their captain. However, he did not attain to the first three. Benaiah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzael, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a staff, wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaiah the son of Jehoiada did, and won a name among three mighty men. He was more honored than the thirty, but he did not attain to the first three, and David appointed him over his guard. Asahel, the brother of Joab, was one of the thirty. Elhanan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem, Shammah, the Herodite, Elika, the Herodite, Helez, the Paltite, Ira, the son of Ikesh, the Tekoite, Abiazer, the Anothothite, Mebuneh, the Hushashite, Zalman, the Ahahite, Mehorai, the Netophathite, Helib, the son of Baanam, the Netophathite, Ittai, the son of Ribai, from Gibeah, of the children of Benjamin, Benaim, a Parathonite, Hidai, from the brooks of Gaash, Abai Albon, the Arbathite, Asmaveth, the Bahamite, Eliaba, the Shaalbanite, of the sons of Jason, Jonathan, Shammah the Hararite, Ahiam the son of Sherar the Hararite, Eliphelet the son of Ahazbai, the son of the Maakathite, Eliam the son of Ahithophel the Gilanite, Ezri the Carmelite, Paarai the Arbite, Igal the son of Nathan of Zobah, Bani the Gadite, Zelik the Ammonite, Naharai the Arathite, armor-bearer of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, Ira the Ithrite, Garib the Ithrite, and Uriah the Hittite, thirty-seven in all. Well, David lists their accomplishments, many of whom we read about in the Samuels, First and Second Samuel. 
He even tops it off at the end by giving special recognition to Uriah the Hittite. (laughs) Where have we heard that name before? Well, that's right. That was Bathsheba's first husband. When you read about Uriah in 2 Samuel chapter 11, you got to admit that this was a great fighting warrior for Israel. We also find David's list of men in 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verses 10 through 46. Now, do you see a name missing here in this list? While Joab is mentioned in verses 18, 24, and 37, it's only to provide context with regard to his relatives and associates. He doesn't make the list of the great men of battle. As a matter of fact, David directs Solomon to have Joab executed after David's gone. That takes place over in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Joab rescued David over and over again from his enemies, but David, he resented him. David did not like Joab's tactics. What's more, Joab was responsible for the execution of David's son Absalom back in 2 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 18. In the next psalm that we read, it's Psalm 57. The subtitle says, To the chief musician set to do not destroy, a victim of David when he fled from Saul into the cave. Verse 1. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to God Most High, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it they themselves have fallen, Selah. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches into the heavens, and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth." Now, as I mentioned, according to the introduction here, David's writing the psalm after the occasion of his experience in Goth. That's either 1 Samuel chapter 22 or 1 Samuel chapter 24. In both instances, we find David taking refuge in caves from the wrath of Saul. Here, David proclaims that while it looks bad right now, God will deliver him. He praises God for just that. Incidentally, verses 7 through 11 have comprised Psalm 108, verses 1 through 5. As a matter of fact, Psalm 108, verses 6 through 13 is comprised of Psalm 60, verses 5 through 12. If you'd like to see those verses compared from Psalm to Psalm, then look at my notes on Psalm 108. One more thing we should mention in the introduction, we found the word mictum. According to the Easton's Bible Dictionary, mictum is a writing, a poem, or a song found in the titles of Psalms 16 and 56 through 60. Some translate the word golden as in precious. It's rendered in the Septuagint by a word meaning tablet, inscription, or a stelograph. The root of the word means to stamp or grave, and hence it is regarded as denoting a composition so precious as to be worthy to be engraven on a durable tablet for preservation 
or as others render a psalm precious as stamped gold from the word kethom, which means fine or stamped gold. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.